Welcome to another Charging Futures podcast. I'm Jenny Green from the ESO Code Administrator. We are the lead secretary at the Charging Futures, helping you to learn, ask and contribute towards electricity charging reform. Today, I'm joined by Patrick Castles, David McCrone and Beth Hanna from Ofgem, who are going to be answering some questions about their just published access and forward looking charges consultation. I'll be asking about access rights, connection charging and transmission charging reforms for small distributed generators, which are the three main areas covered in the consultation. So the aim really of this podcast today is to give you a bit of an overview and hopefully, hopefully ease you in before reading the document in more detail and responding to the consultation. So are we ready? Let's kick off then with the first question. Um, and if you want to introduce yourself as well, please, Patrick, um, what is the access and forward looking charges SCR? Well, firstly, Jenny, uh, thanks so much for uh, having us on your podcast today. Um, as you said, I'll start with a quick intro. So um, I'm aware I, I might be a new face or, or perhaps in this format, uh, a voice to some of our listeners. Um, my name is Patrick Castles. I recently took over uh, as head of electricity network access uh, here at Ofgem, uh, which includes the access and charging SCR. Um, as some of you know, though, uh, I'm not new to charging and uh, I did, in fact, uh, work on the team in the early stages of the SCR, um, which really takes us right back to when we launched. So the, the Access SCR is a major package of reforms uh, we launched in 2018, and the aim being to make sure that our access and forward looking charges uh, encourage efficient and flexible use of the network uh, that reflects users needs and allows consumers to benefit from new technologies and services uh, whilst avoiding uh, unnecessary costs on energy bills uh, in general. Uh, of course, when we talk about access uh, today, what we mean is uh, the way in which uh, community uh, customers and users of the network kind of gain access to the network. Um, for example, uh, how much they can import or export and when. And when we talk about forward looking charges, uh, what we're talking about are the ongoing charges uh, that customers face um, for, for uh, yeah, connecting to and continuing to use uh, those networks. OK, so this work has been going on since 2018 then. So so what's happening now? Well, uh, now is an interesting time for us. Um, we firstly uh, decided last year that we were going to take some further time uh, over our Minded to consultation to uh, consider in detail um, some of the links between our programme and the more general development of uh, signals for more flexible usage of the energy system. Now, that followed the launch of what we called our uh, full chain flexibility program. That's uh, one of the big five strategic change programs at Ofgem uh, this year and a, and a key lens through which we, we're thinking about our access and charging reforms. Uh, that's looking much more holistically at uh, identifying all of the different possible uh, avenues for incentivizing uh, flexible use of the network and ensuring that all connected energy resources are able to play an optimal role in responding to available network and energy. So in light of that work, we are still thinking about some areas of work, um, distribution use of system charges being one such key area. 
Um, but we did identify uh, several areas that didn't have uh, such a, a strong interdependency on the ongoing thinking uh, in that space. And uh, we gave these um, uh, uh, priority status as a suite of fast track reforms, because these are you know, high priority, low regret options that we know we can continue to work on and deliver some real positive changes um, whilst that you know, strategic piece is, is ongoing. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So uh, that includes uh, access rights, connection charging and transmission charging reforms for small distributed generators. And that's what we're now consulting on. Uh, and looking for stakeholder views. Great. So let's explore those three areas in a bit more detail then. So starting with access rights, what are you proposing? Thanks, Jenny. Um, by, way of, by way of introduction to the listeners, my name is Dave McCrowan. I'm leading on the connection charging work stream, uh, but also talking today about access rights. Um, and as Patrick alluded to earlier, Access rights refer to the, the nature of users' access to electricity networks, for example, when users can import or export electricity and, and how much, as well as how those rights are allocated. Um, and traditionally, users have had little choice of access rights. Uh, DNOs have begun over recent years offering flexible connections, which have allowed users to get a cheaper or a quicker connection. But these have no defined cap on the extent to which they can be interrupted. What we're proposing now as part of the, the SCR is a wider choice of access rights, as well as better defining those that exist today. And some of our proposals include the idea of non-firm access rights, so agreeing a percentage of the time that a user is willing to be curtailed or a percentage of their access rights that are non-firm. Time profiled, uh, that users could request to have either no access or non-firm access during the peak period or other times of the day. Or shared access, where it's shared across multiple sites and in the same local area for users to obtain access up to a jointly agreed level. OK, thanks, David. So non-firm, time profile and shared are included. Why are you not consulting on financially firm access rights? That's a good question. This this was out of scope when we when we originally launched the SCR and we we further ruled out the development of financially firm access at distribution as part of our shortlisting decision in March of last year, 2020. Uh, but we know, however, there are a number of stakeholders who are keen to develop this option to, to mirror how it applies at transmission, which are accompanied with what we call connect and manage arrangements. But we consider that the current distribution arrangements mean that those users with a, with a standard connection already have a high level of firmness and are generally only curtailed due to maintenance issues, network damage or faults. Beyond this, if a DNO wants to curtail one of those users, then the DNO would seek to agree a flexibility contract with the user. We're concerned that, that going further than this, particularly implementing connect and manage in relation to distribution network constraints, could actually create excessive costs for wider consumers without 
the appropriate planning and security standards being in place. These standards currently don't exist at distribution, and it's not practical, we think, to develop and implement such standards within the, the timeframes of this review, which we'll be looking to implement these changes from 2023. This is also aligned to our connection charging proposals, which we'll come on to, and those are looking to encourage the DNOs to consider the most efficient means of providing the capacity that's, that's needed to facilitate newer modified connections. Okay, thank you. So, okay, let's go on to our next topic then. So that's distribution and connection charging. So what are you proposing to do? Yeah, great. So some stakeholders have told us uh, that the requirement to contribute to network reinforcement as, as part of an upfront connection charge is stopping some projects from going ahead. Um, we've been therefore looking at whether or not we can reduce or remove the contribution to reinforcement in the upfront connection charge. And if we did this, more would be funded by the DNO and recovered from ongoing network charges instead. What we're consulting on now is, is removing the contribution to reinforcement for demand connections and reducing it for, for generation. Okay, so why is it that you're taking a different approach for demand and generation? There, there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, first, we think demand connections in the main have less flexibility in where they choose to connect, certainly compared to generation. So rather than relocate in response to a signal within the upfront charge, a project will simply not go ahead. Uh, we, think this, we think this could slow down efforts to, to roll out new technologies across the country, such as public EV charging infrastructure. Secondly, demand customers also face ongoing network charges, whereas under the current arrangements, generation customers don't. So we think there will still be some signal given to demand customers about the costs they are putting onto the system. And this will potentially encourage them to take action to reduce those. If we went completely shallow, or if we went to a completely shallow charge for generation, in the absence of introducing ongoing charges for those users. The issue is that those users wouldn't receive any signal of the costs they are driving on the system. So therefore we think the differential approach is, is justified. Okay, so, so what is the impact of making a change and will that push at costs for everyone? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. We have tried to, to model the effect of reducing or removing the contribution to reinforcement that is in the initial connection charge. Remo removing this does result in an, in an increase in costs, which will be ultimately recovered from customers through their energy bills. Um, however, we think there are some harder to monetize benefits of making a change, uh, such as reducing barriers for new low carbon technologies. What we're trying to do is find the right balance between helping facilitate the drive to net zero, but doing so at least cost to consumers. One thing we have considered is whether or not we could wait until we have more clarity over the future of GEOS charging, and that might allow us to better target the costs through ongoing network charges. But we do think there is value in going ahead now. Um, delaying will simply prolong some of the issues we have identified in the consultation, 
And we're also keen to make sure any changes to the connection charging arrangements are in place for the start of the next real price control period in 2023, given a major overlap between the two areas of work. Thank you, David. Okay, so moving on to our final topic area then of transmission connection charging for small distributed generation. And I think we're going to hear from Beth now as well. So if you'd like to introduce yourself, um, what is being proposed? Great. Thanks, Jenny. So, yeah, just as an introduction to listeners, I'm Beth Hanna, same team as Pat and David, working on the targeted tar- transmission reforms we've been looking at as part of the Access SCR. So what we're looking at for small distributed generation is we're proposing to remove the current difference in charging arrangements between small distributed generation or SDG and large generation, which is what we've been referring to as transmission connected generation and large distributed generation with export capacity over 100 megawatts. Currently, there are different arrangements, which mean that where they might face costs, SDG has their charges capped at zero, so they don't actually get the signal about the cost they're driving. So we think that that means that it could be driving an incentive for generation to connect as SDG rather than perhaps as a bigger or more efficient or a more efficiently located transmission or large distributed generation size connect size generator. So we think by removing this distortion between the two, we're creating this boundary. It will create a level playing field for investment which we would expect would probably end up with changing the balance between large and small generation projects, the location of projects, because a lot of them currently cluster in the same areas, and potentially the generation mix. as We might see some movement, for instance, from onshore wind to some solar, perhaps in other parts of the country. Technically, this would be for all distributed generation, but we recognise that it's likely to be impractical to charge everyone on equivalent basis as large generation. And so we're consulting on a threshold of one megawatt below which users would still be charged the embedded export tariff, although we would propose to remove that cap so that they still face charges where currently they don't if they're driving costs or have the potential to drive costs in certain locations. We're also going to be consulting on whether distributed generation should face local charges because these are currently only paid by transmission connected generation. So it does create another difference there as well. Okay, so how is exposing small distributed generators to transmission charges, which will have a significant impact on Scottish on small Scottish renewables? How is that consistent with achieving net zero? Yeah, so this is a question we do get quite a bit. And I guess what we would say is that Ofgem's strategic priorities include supporting delivery of net zero at the lowest cost to consumers. And we think that part of achieving this will be helped by removing distortions that lead to inefficient investment choices about where to locate on the networks, which could result in higher costs overall over the longer term. We do recognise, however, that existing generators are not going to be able to respond to these changes in the short to medium term. And so we are considering whether or not some in implementation arrangements should be in place, such as grandfathering. We're also considering the wider role of transmission charges and the signals that they send to users. And we are conscious that if we did send some signals now and then we reform the charging arrangements in some way and that changes the signals again, that that could introduce short term volatility. So because of this, we're also considering whether or not we should delay any of these changes until we have a better sense of the wider landscape and the role of network charges in that. Okay, so are you able to give any indication 
information of when you might consider wider changes to tenuous charges or is this just an example of the issue being kicked into the long grass? Oh, it's a fair question. But as Pat mentioned earlier, our full chain flex program, so the work we're doing to look at the wider role of different types of signals to get flexibility in the market, are currently engaging with industry on the different levers available, and that includes the role of network charges. And this means that we aren't expecting to be able to form a view on the timing and scope of any wider work on network charges until later this year. And we think it's important to wait until we have this clarity rather than just pushing ahead now with more reform, because we know we've already made some significant changes, you know, such as removing embedded benefits and the work being done through the targeted charging review on residual charges. And we're keen to avoid too much change fatigue by just continually pushing ahead. We'd like to pause and regroup and really think about what the next steps are first. We do want to stress, though, that we're not delaying this indefinitely. It's not just being pushed back forever. We are definitely doing work as a team to identify the key issues that we should be considering and we will engage with stakeholders before any scope is decided. Great. OK, thanks. Um, thanks, guys, for that, that overview. I think that's, that's been really helpful um, for listeners. So how can people find out more and respond to the consultation? Well, I'll, I'll come back in for that one, uh, Jenny. Thank you. Um, so. Uh, the consultation is now open and it's going to be running uh, throughout the summer. Uh, the full details of that consultation are available on the charging section of our website. That's offgem.gov.uk. And we're really keen to hear the thoughts of as wide a range of stakeholders as possible. I really, really encourage you to, to respond to it. And, you know, let, let me emphasize this is a, a consultation um, and it's it's a set of uh, minded two proposals, and that means this is a really, really key juncture uh, for you to uh, be able to have your voice heard. And I can reassure you that I will personally be reading through every single one of those responses that, that comes through uh, possibly in a few of my evenings and weekends. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just so important that we hear from you. Uh, and we know this is this is a topic where people you know, often have um, uh, strongly held views and we need to make sure that we take that full spectrum into account. Um, alongside the consultation, uh, we are also going to be publishing our draft impact assessment, and that's uh, going to uh, cover the uh, connection and uh, transmission charging proposals. And we are also going to uh, publish a report by uh, CEPA and TNEI, uh, who've been uh, modelling the potential impacts of our reforms. Uh, of course, as, as, as always, um, there's a huge amount of material that's been developed throughout the course of the, the last three few years that we've been running this project that's available at uh, chargingfutures.com. And finally, if anyone does want to get in touch, uh, with any questions or queries, uh, they can do so uh, by contacting us at futurechargingandaccess at offgem.gov.uk. Great, thank you. So, yep, that concludes our podcast for today. So we hope that's been helpful to you. Just like to say thanks again for Offgem for being with us and thanks again for listening.